Welcome to Simple Faith with host Dale Carlson, bringing solid Christian answers to your questions and concerns. for Simple Faith on Life-Changing Radio. Here's host, Dale Carlson. Welcome to Simple Faith. Uh, what a beautiful day, and we hope that you've taken a little bit of the time of that day to, uh, to join us uh, uh, for our program today. Uh, we have got uh, a really great guest today, David Dusek. Um, is joining us. He's an author. He's uh, he's written two books, and he's going to be uh, leading a conference. Uh, we'll be talking about it in a little bit. But Bob and I, just before the radio station program here, we, we visited um, uh, a little church called Redemption Hill right downtown um, Lewiston. And at Redemption Hill Church, they were putting on a, a uh, baby shower for some women who uh, were decided that they were going to bring their baby to full term and, uh, and and be moms. And I tell you what, it gave me goosebumps to be there because I think that, uh, that you know, we say with our mouths that every life is precious and those babies' lives are precious, but so are the, um, the lives of the moms. And uh, I think until we get to the point where we can we can honor those moms and uh, and respect them and uh, and uh, show love and compassion for for where they are. Uh, this is just going to continue to be an ugly argument. Um, and so I just I just uh, I, I was just very very impressed. I mean they had they had presents and food and all over the place and and those women were betray- it was just it was wonderful. I I just can't say enough. So that's that's enough of that. We'll uh, we'll move we'll move forward with David. How how are you doing, David? Very well. How are you? Oh, we're doing good, and I'm here with Jerry and Daryl, uh, who are who are uh, working on this end to uh, to make that uh, conference happen. And uh, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say um, and uh, hear more about your book and what guys could expect uh, if they sign up yep. for this conference. So tell us a little bit about yourself, David. Well, uh, I live in Florida. I am joyfully married to a, a married way above my pay grade to a woman by the name of Joni. I've got five kids that range from 30 down to 25 mm-hmm. and uh, they're kind of scattered all over the place. I uh, got called into ministry in probably right around 2005, I would say. Uh, and just to, to clear the air, I am not an author. Uh, I've got a passion for writing, but I am a, a speaker. I'm a I'm a content creator, uh, and I have a, kind of a single laser-focused mission, which is to get guys talking about what's really going on in their lives. And it's very difficult to do in the confines of a lot of settings. I mean, even the uh, what I call the Saturday morning, you know, burnt pancake, two testimonies, and a prayer kind of uh, church breakfast. There's really not an opportunity to get authentic and real with each other. And so, what I'm my prayer is when I step into any environment is that I am transparent enough and authentic enough myself 
that it gives men permission to be real. And I use Hollywood action movies as parables. So every session has movies that guys know. Saving Private Ryan, Top Gun. I mean, they, if it doesn't fly or blow up, I'm probably not going to show it. Uh, <laughs> it's designed. It's really designed to help men grow together in in the battle that you know the Bible says this enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's figured out this enemy of our souls has truly figured out that if you can take the man out of the equation. You can ruin the marriage, the kids, and the generational legacy that comes after that man. It's kind of one shot, multiple kill. So I, that's what I do. I travel the world encouraging men to develop a relationship by uh, sharing my life and sharing what the Bible says about it and putting it in a way that, that really gets guys talking about life and, and the things that we all carry as men. So how did you get into this uh, uh, speakership? Uh, it's a it's an oddball story. I was in new home sales, uh, new home construction in Florida in the early 2000s, and I spent the first 30 some odd years of my life without the Lord and met the Lord just to be completely transparent. Met the Lord as a result of uh, losing a marriage, and so uh, the marriage was over. The kids were gone, and I I met him. Uh, really made my final profession of faith as I was driving over the Sunshine Skyway Bridge with nothing more than my car and the things in the trunk. And I came down the other side and, and later I was I, I got an opportunity to, to get remarried and, as a believer and became very aware that the systems that even we have in place in, in the average American church don't really, aren't really conducive for guys being real with each other. Mm-hmm. And having my love of movies, uh, went to work as a leadership trainer for an organization in Orlando called Man in the Mirror. And I was traveling Florida teaching pastors and men's leaders the elements of sustainable men's ministry. And some guy came up and asked me if I would keynote their weekend uh, event in Dothan, Alabama. And of course, being new to ministry and hearing the word honorarium, I was like, oh, great. I'll take that all day uh, because we're, we're starving here. And I had a seven-hour drive on my way home, and as I was headed home, I panicked because I'm a I'm training a four-hour curriculum. I'm not an all-weekend speaker, and I think this was probably 2007. Uh, and I got home and I told my wife, I said, I just signed up to do a, a whole weekend event in Dothan, Alabama. It's eight-hour drive. I don't know what I'm going to talk about for an entire weekend. And she said, well, Why don't you take those movies and turn them into something? And so that's exactly what I did. I went to Blockbuster. That's how long ago it was. I went to Blockbuster, rented the movies, went to a friend's house, and we uh, ripped all the content that we needed from each movie and sanitized it for language and content and burned it to a master DVD. And so off I went to do the first ever Rough Cut Men event. And it's been, uh, you're constantly, quote unquote, refining your craft. So God has gotten the, uh, better and better at conveying certain parts of the message and better and better at not saying certain things that I that I want to say uh, for, the, for the emphasis on time to maximize the impact. And the Holy Spirit always seems to do something really unique with every group of men, and it's always different. Um, so I just, uh, I have no professional speaker background whatsoever. In fact, I used to be mortified of microphones and public speaking, and I was at a Promise Keepers when I heard God kind of whisper you're going to do this someday. And I said, you've clearly got the wrong seat. Maybe you mean the guy two seats over because I don't like microphones. And um, here I 
several 15 years later i was on the platform at promise keepers in wellington new zealand about ready to keynote promise keepers so god has a sense of humor he said see i told you you know this is i told you 15 years ago this is what you're going to be doing and i've been doing it ever since we've been in ministry full-time as a vocation no backup income no second job uh for almost 20 years awesome awesome you know god seems to do that every time i say there's something i don't want to do i end up doing it and uh and i think i just think god smiles doesn't he he does. He, he does. does. He and does. he knows. And he and he knows our answer before we give it to yeah. him. It's like, you know, you, it's kind of like Gideon. You know, really, you, you want me to attack? You want me to take care of these people? I, I'm not going to fight that army. You know, there's no way I could fight that army uh, unless I had all all the men in the world. And then, of course, God really has a sense of humor and shaves it down to 300. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I just find. And I just. Yep. Yeah, I just find that when God, God, uh, God just destroys. He pushes me and forces me out of every comfort zone that I've yep. ever tried to crawl into. And he uh, and he, he, he makes it happen. And when I do, it just uh, it just shows the power of God because I know that I'm not capable. It has to be him. So I, I'm just blessed Absolutely. by your story. You bet. Anytime God does anytime God does something just incredibly miraculous through a, one of us, um, it has to be him. Just like it had to be with Gideon. Just like it had to be with so many countless guys in the Bible who left to their own devices, it never would have worked. Mm-hmm. And so it had to be God. And, and I look back on this ministry and my past and my lack of skill in certain circumstances and my fear of public speaking. And for him to take all of those things that were an abject no, no matter how many times I threw out the fleece, he said, you're doing this. <laughs> and he opens doors, he closes doors, and we have seen the ministry. We've, I've spoken to at this point, over a million men uh, in the United States, Australia, New Zealand, and on U.S. military bases, kind of around the world, Korea, Germany. Uh, and it's just it just blows my mind that, that God, you say, here I am, Lord, send me, and that's exactly what he does. Well, well uh, David, um, I've been reading your uh, book, The Battle, and it's, it's really hard to put it down. It, it is so intriguing. It, it reads kind of like a movie. And uh, you really articulate what, you know, jungle warfare looks like, uh, all the obstacles that you guys had to, uh, you know, overcome. And and I'm really hoping when I get there, uh, you're going to sign my book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, that'll make it, it'll take it from $15 down to about three and a half bucks. So, yeah, I will immediately depreciate that book by half. Um, And and just to clarify, too, I am not Vietnam era old. I am 57 years old. The battle itself took place the month before I was born. Um, So I am, I am very tightly uh, knit with the 17 Cav were part of their quote unquote adopted family, and, but I'm not part of that team. They've welcomed us into that team, uh, which is just all another God thing. Uh, the, the whole book was written just strictly uh, on on something that I thought would be a really cool idea, and God opened these doors and put me in places that really we never should have been uh, to interview these guys about what it was like to be outnumbered five to one, 14,000 miles away from home, using new tactics, fighting an enemy that they'd never seen, dealing with jungle rot, malaria, things that just didn't exist in Korea or in the European theater. And so it was really fascinating to talk to these guys who were in this 
in this fight. They went out for a one-hour patrol, and they were out, ended up being out there for 72 hours. And they literally, these 395 guys landed on a bee's nest of over 2,000 enemy that were hiding in a mountain. And just to understand, you know, that as men, we have this enemy, like I say, the, the same tactics, techniques, and procedures that these guys used in Vietnam will also work against the enemy the Bible says wants to steal, kill, and destroy. If we, if we hold tight to the concepts of General Moore, he was a lieutenant colonel at the time, but the battalion commander, and his team of 395 guys, then we up our chances of, of successfully completing this campaign we call life. And that's, it, it's just, it was, it was a, it was a six year project. It was all from the heart. And I got a chance to interview people that I was like a teenage girl in, you know, at a Taylor Swift concert, man. I was, I was, <laughs> I have, I got, I have a man crush on every one of the guys that was in that fight. And so I just am always in awe whenever I'm around them because they, to me, they are, they are war heroes and uh, just amazing men of God, all of them. Do you think that uh, men uh, today really understand the battle that, uh, that we're in? No, uh, for the most part, I, I don't. I think that men uh, and sometimes honestly, myself included, we live compartmentalized lives so tomorrow morning we're all going to get dressed and we're all going to run off to church and we're going to do our compulsory one hour and 45 minutes and then we're you know we're going to be looking at our watch if the pastor goes long and we're going to go out to to lunch and then we're going to hopefully sabbath the rest of the day or do whatever it is that we do on sunday and then monday's going to start out and we are going to most of us will will take what we heard on sunday and maybe apply a little bit of it but the, the we most men don't understand that this enemy wants to take men out and he has been doing it since the garden of eden uh when he you know sidestepped adam and eve ate whatever fruit it was that she ate off of that tree and he basically abdicated his position as leader by not saying hey eve you know we were told we weren't supposed to eat that what are you doing he ended up eating it and ever since then we've been fighting this enemy of our souls who knows that if I can get the man out of this thing I can ruin the marriage, I can ruin the kids I, I and I live this because the collateral damage of a divorce um, pre-salvation or not, the collateral damage of divorce does impact the kids, it does impact the generations that come after mm -hmm. and if we were more vigilant as men in spending time in the word, making sure that we have a guy like Moses had Aaron on one arm and her on the other when Joshua was fighting the Amalekites on the battlefield. If we had somebody to hold our arms up and we can't do it anymore. Uh, and we have been trained as men, and especially my generation, you know, my dad uh, is a, a pull yourself up by your bootstraps, I got this kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And I keep telling men, if you've got friends that say, I, I got this, I'm good, uh, I can promise you two things. Number one, he ain't got this. And second, he's not good because every one of us uh, are, we're balancing family, money, uh, work, church life, our walk, and really our walk, our, our relationship with Jesus needs to be the overarching canopy to all of the above. And a lot of us live a life where we have Jesus on Sunday and work on Monday through Friday and uh, golf or fishing or whatever it is we do on Saturday. And we kind of wait and pick up Jesus again on Sunday. And the, that's right where the enemy wants us. And so I really do, focus on how do we change those tactics, techniques, and procedures 
I'm going to be speaking out of my first book, Rough Cut Men, mostly on at this per- particular event because it's, I believe it's a lot more impactful. It does have some war analogies to it, uh, but it's really impactful because we deal with, with uh, friendlessness, isolation, support, encouragement, accountability, legacy, um, and really one of the big ones is relational reconciliation. How to make, how to seek and extend forgiveness to the people that maybe said some things to us years ago that we're still carrying with us as some sort of a truth that's an abject lie of the enemy. And it's just, it's holding guys down. Mm-hmm. Uh, men that I've met that have heard things like, you were an accident, or I wish you were never born. I mean, how do you overcome your mother saying, you know, I really wish I'd never had you? Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of things that I deal with all the time. Men in the church come up to me and say, my dad told me I was a mistake. Mm-hmm. And, and that becomes a reality. And men live the rest of their lives taking the words that their father said as the abject truth, when in fact our father in heaven says in Psalm 139, hey man, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not a, you are not a waste of air. And so dealing with that stuff really liberates men to live the life that God wants them to live. And that's what our goal is in the beginning of June at the event. I, um, I want to keep talking about this, uh, you know, I, because I, I think you're right. I, I think pe- men don't understand the battle that we're in, and uh, and how do we how do we get men kind of off the fence? You know, somebody might be out there listening right now and says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, it's a battle, but you know, I've got a nice boat and I've got a nice house and and uh, and I've got all the things that kind of make me happy. My kids are my kids are happy. My wife is happy, and and so I'm just going to kind of keep cruising along." Uh, I want to I want to keep talking about that. Um, uh, we got to go to break here right now. Uh, we'll be back in okay. two two minutes and uh, and Perfect. don't go away because I think we've got a lot to talk about before we're done here. God yes, bless sir. you. We'll see it. We'll see it in just a couple minutes. Roger that. Welcome back to Simple Faith. Uh, uh, we've got we're here with David uh, Dusek today. He's uh, he's. Uh, I don't know who's written the book and who hasn't, but uh, but he's he's uh, he's 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 got two books uh, out uh, called Rough Cut Man, Men and the Battle, uh, and and he's going to be the keynote speaker at the um, the uh, the Armor Bears Armor Bears Conference, Bears conference uh, yeah. June first through third, and I it's been good talking to you. We were talking a little bit earlier about about men and uh, and kind of being on the fence and not really seeing the battle and. You know, I'm I'm convinced that um, that this thing with Jesus coming to the earth and and uh, and and living a life and and dying on the cross and being resurrected, that's really a dramatic rescue story of rescue. And uh, I I wonder if we even understand that uh, just just how deep that goes. And I'd I'd like to know how 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 yeah what can we say to people? What can we say to men? And I'll ask Jerry and Daryl this too. What can we say to men to get them off the fence and get them to come out and and listen to this and, uh, and and participate in something that's life-changing. Jerry says this changed his life. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, I think that when we, um, when, we, when we are reluctant to participate in other people's lives, I think it's kind of selfish, to be honest with you. And um, I was that guy who was selfish and didn't want to spend time engaging in a relationship with other people. And uh, God had mercy on me, and he opened my eyes to see 
that I was neglecting others from my presence in their lives, and uh, it could make a difference in my life for them to be in my life as well. And uh, my relationship with Daryl right here is uh, is a prime example of that, amongst other men too at our church. And uh, it all came about because we uh, we spent some time together at a conference, and we were impacted not just by the speaker at the conference, which they had great speakers, but we were impacted by each other's willingness to spend time and uh, speak into each other's lives. So, and that. I think ties in, you know, hand in hand with what David's mission is. Um, I've said before, you would think that the same person wrote the same wrote our mission statements because they're almost identical. David, you want to? Yeah, you know, I, uh, there's a number of things we had mentioned earlier. You know, just talking about, you know, what do you do when you've got a guy who's got everything and everything's fine and. Uh, I truly believe that, you know, every day is a gift and I've had seasons where everything has been hitting on all cylinders. And Mm -hmm. I truly believe it's not a matter of if the wheels come off of the car, it's when, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, and I think that's why Solomon, the wisest man in the world said that we should pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a twofold reason why you, why you lock shields with another couple of guys. Number one, God has gotten us all through certain battles that we need to steward well uh and guys don't understand a lot of times that hey what god got you through you if if all we do is sit around and do a 32-week study of the book of leviticus then we're missing an opportunity to say hey you know i I was where you are and you may be the guide Mm -hmm. that can lead a guy through a battle that he's in because you're spilling the same blood in the same mud Mm -hmm. and you'll be able to say, you know, I was there too. And let me walk you through that. So even the most successful men I've met and success is relative, (laughs) the guys who don't need uh, anything in their lives have incredible wisdom to give other guys. But if they keep it to themselves, then, then there are other guys that will, will flounder uncontrollably because they don't have anybody next to them saying, Hey, look, I've been there. Uh, and I know what it's like. I had everything hitting on all cylinders in the ministry in early 2018, where I was about ready to uh, deliver you know, five services at a, a military church uh, for Memorial Day. And my wife got a cancer diagnosis two weeks before I had to speak. And I hadn't even processed that. Uh, by the time I took the platform two weeks later, I was still in denial because my ex-wife died of the exact same cancer that my wife, uh, my new wife was diagnosed with. And I mean, those kind of things come out of nowhere. Hmm. Uh, I've, I've got friends that have been wildly successful that get a terminal diagnosis and then they end up walking through life by themselves because they lived an isolated life. And let me tell you something, the enemy of our souls, hmm. his number one mission is to make us think we're self-sufficient and to isolate us because any animal in a herd, uh, if they're under attack, a bunch of gazelles are about ready to be attacked by a lion. The lion will go after the one that's dumb enough to be down by the stream mm. by himself getting a drink, even if he's the most thriving gazelle in the in the herd, because he's by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never uh, quote Top Gun. You know that was some of the best flying I've seen yet, right up to the part where you got killed. You never leave your wingman. You got to have somebody with you. And whether you feel, if you're listening, whether you feel that everything is hitting on all cylinders, the family's great, and the marriage is awesome, there are other guys 
that need you to get through the struggles that they're in. And I promise you, it will be reciprocal because this life, things change on a moment's notice, whether it's financial ruin or a, a, a catastrophe, a loss of a spouse, a loss of a child. And suddenly the life that was going perfectly isn't going perfectly anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Solomon was so clear about how we should, you know, a cord of three strands cannot be broken. Mm-hmm. You need other men in your life. And you, because if you don't, when we fall, uh, we don't have anybody. And so I would encourage you to just come and hang out with us. And no matter where I speak, no matter how many guys are in the room, invariably every man takes something else out that maybe the other guys didn't. And my mission and the mission of the ministry is if there's one thing I can go home and do that will improve that relationship or that marriage or my situation or my walk 1% better than it was yesterday, then it's worth it to come because sanctification is a process. Marriage is a process. Fatherhood. I've got five kids. I mean, and they were all teenagers at the same time. And had I not had a band of brothers around me, I would have pulled my hair out. I think I did. I don't have much left. But I, I mean, I would have, I would have lost, I would have lost my Jesus more times than I can count trying to raise five teenagers that went to five different schools. And we had, you know, my wife and I would drive them to five different schools every morning. And I mean, that was a, that was a tough season in life. Had I not had other guys saying, you know what, it does get better. You know, they do, they do become self-sufficient. They will go to college eventually. Uh, I, I would have lost it in the meantime. So I think that's really the most, the most important reason why we, need to be cognizant of the fact that we have an enemy who loves to distract and loves to isolate. Mm-hmm. There is no greater lie than look at, look at what you've done. God even warns in the old Testament by saying, you may be tempted to say, look at all of the wealth my hands have created. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take much to become completely self-sufficient and say, look at what I did. Look at this business. Uh, look, uh, yeah. we have to be really clear and Hey, look at this ministry. Mm. Uh, God built this ministry. God gave it to me in spite of my pronounced lack of skill and he could take it away just as quickly. Yes, he can. And so we need to be aware of that. And your value as a man, regardless of your station in life or your definition of success, you are valuable to other men, whether you know it or not, we are better as as a platoon than we are as a single war fighter. Amen. Yeah, uh, Dave, I just like to add in a little bit the uh, thing about we need men. I'm I have uh, probably the one of the most wonderful wives that you could ever have. She uh, is just love. God's love is all over and uh, but through this uh, conference and, and getting the Almaveras conference ministry started uh, I have made relationships and uh, with other men and especially with Jerry uh, but there's been others that uh, have been in the ministry that we've drawn really close and I never realized that I needed another man to talk to because I always had a, a wonderful wife that, you know, she yeah. would sit for hours and listen to me cry or, or you know, talk about my problems. But uh, when, I, when the Lord gave me 
men in my life. That is what really uh, made my walk so much sweeter. Like, and I just, you know, I thank the Lord for, for each one of the men that I've drawn close to because uh, even though you have a great wife or women in your life, there's there's something missing. <laughs> and, no, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. My wife, uh, when I was a relatively new believer many years ago, um, she said, I, I said, you know, she says, you need, you know, you need accountability partners. You need guys in your life. And I'm like, well, you know, you've forgotten more scripture than I'll ever know. I mean, she gave her life to Christ in a Billy Graham revival when she was 17. It's like, oh, you're perfect. You know, I'll just use you. And she said, no, she said, no, you can't, you can't. Because men, there are things that we cannot, uh, that, that men have to carry the load. Other men have to carry that load. I mean, sitting down to tell your wife, for example, that you're wrestling with a, a, a you're wildly addicted to internet pornography is not going to end well if she's your accountability partner or, or if there's a financial struggle because you start, you start messing with mama's nest, then there's a whole other set of issues that come along. And that's really the value of having other men is it's people that you can say, look, I am completely stressed out about one of my kids and you can't talk to mom about it because she's, she's going to get defensive about the kids. So you've got to have, there's just a space where men fit better. Um, it's not to, you know, your wife is still the wife of your youth. And when you got married, the two Bible says the two became one that let no God put together, let no man put asunder. But at the same time, uh, even the best warriors in the Bible, um, had incredible helpmates and had brothers around them at the same time. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. And, uh, we, as men are, have different roles than women and in our relationships and uh, i think that's why it's so important to have other men around us that we can identify with you know for younger men um have some older guys around you that uh have been through it and they've got some bumps and bruises and they can you know they can tell you hey i've been where you're at you know and uh that's a that's a big deal that's a big deal to have somebody by your side that uh, has the confidence and uh the wisdom to share, you know. I agree. Yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely. Well, David, I know you're you're headed for Australia here uh, very yeah. soon, and yes, sir. Uh, you do travel the world and and to, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and and uh, we're just going to be glad to have you here in Maine, uh, around that beautiful lake. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. It's, I haven't been to Maine. It's probably been six or seven years since I've been up your way so i'm looking forward to uh i'm not looking forward to the to the sun waking me up at four o'clock i remember that the last time i was in maine it's like you know go go back to bed son you're drunk you know you're, you're not you're not supposed to be up at four o'clock in the morning i'm not up go back to bed you know? but i i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna have a great time i mean i always enjoy my time i probably get ministered to more than i minister to when I'm at events like that, because I'm just a, just another brother in Christ who just happens to be there with a microphone in my hand. We're all, we're all traveling together. Uh, this is kind of what I, I, I loosely call a dress rehearsal for eternity. We're all going to be around the throne room crying holy, holy forever. Mm. Uh, but we get a we get the fortunate blessing to meet each other on this side of heaven and hang out together for a weekend. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. We really appreciate you be you being willing to uh, to come up to our neck of the woods, and uh, we're so looking forward to this time together and uh, in prayer about the impact that it uh, will have in people's lives. And you know, for guys who are listening um, to this uh, broadcast. Uh, we pray that you would share it with uh, other men and uh, about this opportunity. We still do have some openings uh, for guys to attend, and uh, we believe that we are better together. And uh, we hope that you believe that too, and that you'll that you'll take some steps to make that happen. Last time you were here, Jerry, uh, we have a we have a donor that would like to uh, sponsor uh, the head of uh, the whoever heads up a, a group of uh, you know five five people. To come to your event, uh, we have a sponsorship for that. That's uh, that's still sitting on the table. So let's uh, let's uh, yeah, no get, kidding. Yeah, let's get that together. It's awesome. You better and, take uh, advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens if they get five people? Uh, the the first one gets uh, the the one who puts it together gets a gets completely sponsored. Wow. One hundred eighty five dollars. There we go. Wow, that's awesome. So, wow. That's great. So. Uh, you can text if you got a question for uh, for uh, Jerry or Daryl or or David. Uh, text us at uh, area code two zero seven five seven six fifty six forty eight, and we can get that um, on on uh, on the on the station here. And but uh, David, in in the in the in the meantime, tell us a little bit about what uh, what specifically what uh, what are you going to deal with these guys? Uh, you know what 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 can they expect? Well, you got to know, first of all, that I've been to an awful lot of men's conferences, not as a speaker, but as an attendee. And there have been several of them that I've gone to where I've actually left feeling worse than when I got there. Okay. Um, and so so I made, a, I made a covenant with myself that I would never be something that I wouldn't listen to myself, that I wouldn't sit through. So I, I've told people before when I do kind of due diligence and speak to them about coming to speak to their conferences, if you are looking for someone to break down Paul's epistles in original Greek, I'm the wrong guy for the job. But if you want someone to come in and throw out a rallying cry and say, hey guys, you see that hill over there? Let's go take it for the, for the Lord. Uh, I might be a good fit. And so what, what to expect is, number one, what I just did this weekend will be completely different probably than what God will have me do with you. I've never done this event in all these years the same way twice. God just kind of you know, puts me in places and gives me a specific word for somebody in the room, you know, where it's just like, oh my gosh, how did we end up? I don't know. Why did I say that? And then a guy will come up and say, you're the reason, uh, I'm the reason why you came here to speak. So come expectant, first of all. Secondly, you've probably never uh, had action movies as an anchor for the word of God. And so it's a lot of fun. We're going to have a great time. Uh, I am wildly transparent. So if you're expecting a speaker to stand in front of you and say, hey, look, I got a friend who I'm not that guy. I'm going to tell you exactly what I've been through, exactly what I'm going through, because I truly believe that when we're transparent, that gives other men permission to say, you know what, if that guy's a train wreck, it's okay for me to be a train wreck too. We are not going to sit around, hold hands and sing hymns. We are going to deal with the stuff that we deal with every day as men. We're going to deal with the fact that, you know, we all need guys in our life to support us, uh, encourage us. And I, I, I'm going to address the word, the accountability topic, which everybody in the church world hates because it conjures up images of a guy scrolling through your Internet history. And that's not what accountability is. Accountability is giving permission to another man to say, hey, dude, 
anytime my words or my actions don't line up with who I say I am in Christ, I am giving you a free ticket to call me out on it. Do it in love, but you can call me out on it. So if and I've, I've seen this happen time and time again, where it's like, hey, man, did, are you sure you meant to post that comment on social media? Because everybody in the world can see it. And I don't think that's the message that you want to convey as a, as a man of God. And I've been held accountable on stuff like that, too. So that's really what it is. Now we're going to deal with the, 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 the deep-seated wounds that maybe a classmate or an ex-girlfriend or a parent, for God's sake, spoke over us at some point in our life that somehow or another become our reality. And we're going to address some of that stuff. And then I'm going to challenge guys. I have a product out of my five kids. I have a prodigal, uh, one that kind of parachutes in and out of my life. And every morning I get up and I look in the mirror and I wonder what I did that was so horrible that he never calls me back. You know, he'll text me, you know, once a week about something superficial, but we really don't have the relationship that I would love to have. And there's nothing I can do to manipulate that, to make it be what I want it to be. And I have to stand or I have to sit around and be patient. There's a lot of guys in the church probably listening that have that one kid. That's like, what did I do as a father that put us on this track where I, we have, we, we have this, you know, inch deep mile wide kind of a relationship and so I deal with stuff like that too, but we do it in very short, concise, you know, 40 to 50 minute sessions. There'll be times to just hang out and whatever the Holy Spirit inspires to talk about on a particular topic. Uh, I'm going to give, you know, drop questions and hey, if you're a guy who doesn't want to talk, don't. There's, I mean, it's not, we're not going to sit around and have these, these massive breakdown discussions where we're all going to, you know, bear our soul. Uh, I just want every guy to come and enjoy the time with a bunch of other guys and understand when you're there that we are all a work in progress, just like well, it says in David, Philippians 1.6. Yes, sir. Yeah, if you hold that thought, we're going to take a short break, two minutes, and we're going to come right gotcha. back. In this last segment, we really want to know more about the conference, how they can get involved, and and who they contact, and, and uh, who would like to have come. And, and I'm sure there are veterans out there Maybe we're a Vietnam veteran or, or whatever. We'd love to have you guys come too. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back. That's right. Don't leave us. This is a good conversation. Let's finish it up. Welcome back to Simple Faith. Uh, we're here with Dave Dusek, uh, the uh, keynote speaker at this uh, the uh, armor, bearers uh, uh, armor bearers conference. <laughs> my tongue keeps getting tangled up with the roof of my mouth. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so, uh, Dave, I loved what you said here a little bit earlier about about attacking. Um, uh, you know, I want to see that hill, and let's go. Uh, let's go attack it together. I think a lot of these conferences get uh, get wrapped up in kind of the defense of our of our um, of our. Uh, uh, faith and uh, the defense of the battle, but uh, you know I love to hear about the offense. Uh, are we going to deal with that at all? Oh, I, I think that the natural default when you're empowered with the freedom of saying, "Hey, I'm in a team." Uh, I use an analogy in my second book. I say it's all about the fire team mm -hmm. uh, because that's really where wars are won or lost. Is four men, you know, in the desert era, four men in a Humvee. Uh, who are outside the wire, they're outside of the safe confines of their forward operating base. Every corner they turn around, they have an enemy that wants to kill them. So they're 
they're on the defense, you know, with a machine gun guy, you know, with a 50 caliber machine gun on the roof of the Humvee. But when those guys are outside the wire, really the only thing that matters is that they finish the mission and that they live to fight another day, that they all make it back mm-hmm. to the forward operating base alive. The war is not won on a division parade ground with everybody in their class A, with, you know, 25,000 soldiers uh, in their class A uniforms without a weapon to be seen and no enemy. It's really one in these three and four man configurations. Mm. So once we're empowered and understand that we we fight better together as a team, then we can actually go on the offense. There's a reason why uh, the Bible is called the sword of the spirit. It's the only offensive part of the full armor of God. Everything else is protective, the helmet, the breastplate, uh, the feet, everything else. The sword of the spirit is the word of God and it is an offensive weapon. And I think a lot of guys, uh, in the church, not in the church, listening right now, uh, are pinned down. And, and I've had moments where I've been pinned down by life. And when you get, when you get pinned down by an enemy position, every time you stick your head up, they see your head pop up. And so they take shots at you. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, uh, you either have to take that enemy out or you just stop putting your head up. And I think a lot of guys have just decided, you know what, it's really safe in this foxhole. If I keep my head below grade, Uh, So I'm not even going to stick it up anymore. And then we end up with a bunch of guys who are completely paralyzed in their faith because life has kicked them one too many times. And so once you spend time with these guys and we talk about what's really going on in our lives and we get a chance to be empowered by what God says and you hear some of the things that I've been through and you'll say, hey, you know what? The playing to the ground is all level at the foot of the cross. So now it's time for me to pick up a weapon and stand a post. Let me... Let me switch this thing around and say, you know what? I'm tired of acquiescing the spiritual leadership of my family to the church and, you know, TV preachers. And and I'm not, I'm just kind of letting my wife, uh, my wife has become the de facto leader in the home. And I'm talking about myself a lot of times where I'm like, you know, she ends up being the default spiritual leader because I'm busy or I don't know what to pray about or I'm, I'm uncomfortable in a certain situation. And I think a lot of guys get there where it's like, we're not. We're not taking control of this incredible power that we've been given by the Holy Spirit to fight this enemy that's trying to, you know, Peter says he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And the guys that he's going to devour are the ones that are complacent, comfortable, and don't want to get into the fight. And and he'll just keep looking. And he's, you know, as he said to God when in Job, God said, what are you doing here? He says, I'm just wandering around looking for righteous people to mess with and you know god said all right well consider job we should all be striving to have god say all right consider jerry you know mm-hmm. consider bob consider daryl consider david uh because i want god to say this guy's a man of faith and even if even if he slays me i'm going to praise him mm-hmm. that's that is the position that we need to be in as men of god is mm-hmm. to say you know what i'm getting in this fight because even though it looks great on the surface Deep down, most of the people that you meet that have it, quote, all together, don't. And this could be a breakthrough opportunity for a guy who's been striving to make money and has everything that he ever wanted. And the striving is based on this this unmet need to matter because maybe no one ever said you're smart. No one ever said you're important. No one ever said you're valuable. So you've been trying to earn it your entire life. And, and God says, you don't have to earn it. I'm giving it to you. It's free. Mm-hmm. Take it and go to war with these guys around you because we need each other. And if, if you don't need us, we need you. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we need you. 
in this fight because time is short. And if you haven't looked around lately, time is shorter and shorter all the time. Right, it really is. You know, things, that, things that used to be called evil are called good and vice versa. I mean, we're dealing with a, a time where we need biblical godly men to step up, not post political memes on social media, but to stand up for the righteousness that God has given mm-hmm. us and to fully invest in the kingdom of God because when it's all gone, that's all that's left. And unless you get in the fight, you can't see the power of God working on your behalf. You got that's, that right. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's 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 the key. Um, so Jerry, how do we get uh, how do we get signed up here? That's <laughs> uh, pretty easy. We have uh, we have a website uh, www. If guys go to that website, uh, they can actually sign up right there. They can pay online or they can send a check in to us. Um, that's the easiest way. We also have lots of information on our Facebook page, The Armor Bearers. The Facebook page is The Armor Bearers. No, without a U, armor without a U. Correct. Yeah. A-R-M-O-R, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so what's the question? The question is, are you going to get in the fight? Are you willing to get in the fight? Or are you going to sit on the sidelines like David was talking about? That's the real question, I guess. And um, yeah. what's God calling you to do? You know, God's that's got a reason for us being on this planet. It's not that's to right. hide in a ditch. That's it's, right. It's to get out there and um, and do the work that he's called us to do. That's right. Amen. Yeah, we, Amen. We, we really appreciate this opportunity. And as I've testified before uh, on this program, you know, um, we were really blessed to experience uh, some wonderful relationships. And it's because of that that we learned that we really are better together. Um, we've got a guy in uh, in one of my in my Bible study who said, you know, my wife said that she really likes me a lot more after I started coming to this study because <laughs> I I'm having the you know I've got these relationships going on and and it's fulfilling something and you know a part of him that he needed to be fulfilled, you know, mm-hmm. and and we don't think that all the, you know we think we could do it. Satan tells us, you know, he wants us alone. Like mm-hmm. like David was talking about, he wants us alone and and uh, separated from the rest of our, our our people, you know, and and that's not the way it needs to be. Well, I like what you said uh, the last time you were here, and I think it bears repeating is that uh, that it's better to come with a bunch from your church, uh, several guys Absolutely. from your church, so that you yeah. can begin to develop that foundation of friendship. And, you know, maybe it's four or five guys that come or two or three that come. And, uh, and that, that whole idea, you know, once you have that idea, it can it kind of uh, take a hold in your yeah. own congregation. This is not about trying to get people to switch churches or, or, uh, or um, no, no, not d- nothing all. like that. No, I mean, this, no. is, this is really about building the, uh, the relationships within the existing churches that are out there already. That's and, right. Yeah. That's right. We want to help. Exactly. That we're here to help other churches, our own and other churches, mm. to build relationships amongst the men of their church. And this has helped the men in your church, hasn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and several other churches that have attended, uh, that attended last year have uh, professed that it's been a help to them as well. But uh, awesome. I, I should also say that, you know, if for some reason there's, you know, you want to come to this conference and something just doesn't, fit right or you need help figuring something out you know my phone number is right on the website it's on the facebook page just call me and uh 
let me know what's on your heart. We'll we'll try and work something out. Um, we really want people to be there. We don't want any excuses to come up. If God is calling you to be here, we want to find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, if, if anybody wants to know more about who I am, uh, other than this radio interview, um, <laughs> my website is roughcutmen.org. And if you happen to not find the armor bearers thing, you can go to my event schedule and the, and the, the redirect link over to the armor bearers is on my event schedule for June 1st through the 3rd. So you can find it that way and it'll take you right over uh, to their website and you can register for the event as well. But it also has my background and a lot of other things. If you're curious about who I am, it's on the website at roughcutmen.org. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we've got about two minutes left here. Uh, how do we want to wrap this up? We, let's, let's, let's have a big pitch. Let's get guys out there. I think, you know, sometimes sometimes uh, uh, pastors don't uh, are the last people to get onto what's going on. So if you've got a pastor, uh, nobody's nobody's making that effort in your church. Maybe you're the one that needs to speak up and, and put together a group uh, from your church and include your pastor because he is so vital to uh, to anything that you want to do. Uh, um, get started in the church so you know bring your pastor along um uh, maybe you got to drag him kicking and screaming but uh it's it's worth having him there yeah there's a, there's, well, there's a go ahead David. Go ahead. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to the statement as the men go so goes the church that's right and i think i think a lot of you know pastor i'll speak directly to pastors if you would love to see your attendance go up your middle of the night marriage crisis intervention times your teenage pregnancy issues uh and go down and your tithing go up if you want to see that happen the way to do that is to equip men i promise you we're not out to steal men we're not we're not out to i'm not going to stand up there and ask for an offering for my ministry i'm there to equip other men so that you as a pastor you as a church leader can succeed in the mission the calling that god has given you to equip the saints and that's the only reason why I do what I do. This is, you know, one thing about the kingdom is it's not a competition. We're all uh, doing the Lord's work, and mm. what's mine is yours. And so all we, all we, all we want, Pastor, is men to show up because strong men will build a strong church for the Lord and for you. And I promise you, it will make your life a whole lot easier when the men take the lead. Mm. Amen. Amen to that. And they can also uh, go to simplefaith.net, which is a website, and they can get the podcast for this program. Maybe you have somebody you would like to have heard this program. You can hear it on our website, and uh, we'd love to have you do that as well. Simple, uh, simplefaith.net. That's right. That's right. Dave, uh, we're praying for you. We're praying for your uh, your your um, your 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 outreach, uh, whether it's here in Maine or in Australia or anywhere in between. I've actually got a daughter in Australia. I wish I was going with you. Uh, so, so um, uh, I I I I hope that uh, we can fill this conference up uh, to the last bed, uh, and and that uh, that men will be blessed, and uh, and that. That the kingdom will be built right here in Maine. Maine, Maine is Maine is not one of the best known places for uh, for Christian churches, and, and uh, right, and it's uh, right. it's tough. So come on out. Uh, God bless you. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, we've got some good good folks next week too. Bye bye. Thank you.